Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are focusing on the 27th parak of Sefer Shmuel, which is a short parak that packs quite a punch. Last parak, we had the repeat episode with Shaul once again pursuing David with 3,000 men. David is able to confront Shaul. He's able to demonstrate to Shaul that he could have killed him, but did not. And in so doing, he diffuses the situation, but the, the, the fix is only temporary. And, uh, and soon, David knows Shaul will once again pursue him. And as the old adage goes, pursue me once, shame on you. Pursue me twice, shame on you. But pursue me three times, and I will run to the plishtim. And so our parak opens with David realizing that he needs to flee Shaul. Shaul is not going to stop pursuing him, and eventually he will catch David and kill David. And so David goes now to Gat to the king of uh, of Ach- uh, the king Achish of the city of Gat, one of the five major centers of the Plishtim, which is in the uh, southwest of Israel on the coast. Now, you'll recall that David tried this once. He went once to Gat to Achish, uh, and it did not go well. The people recognized David as this great general who was responsible for thousands and thousands of uh, of deaths among the Plishtim, and so they brought David to Achish, and uh, he was facing kind of certain death in this moment. But quickly, David thinks quickly, and, uh, and he's able to feign insanity. And Achish says, I have no, no, no use for another, uh, another head case in my home. And, uh, and, and David's able to escape. So why would David now go back to Gat? Why would he go back to this king? In fact, last time David came just by himself. Uh, to God. He wanted to keep a low profile and he was spotted. This time, David comes with 600 men. It would seem like it would make uh, make matters worse for David. He would seem like more of a threat, more of a reason why Achish would be uh, unwelcoming to him. Um, and so we have to kind of figure, we have to reason, we have to fill in the gap here that the Plishtim knew of, of the discord between Shaul and David. And Achish was willing to look past David's uh, previous life as the, as a general and as the uh, the person responsible for the death of many Plishtim because he now saw great promise he, in having David on his side. He saw David as a possible asset, figuring that he would be, a, as he was being pursued by Shaul, he would now uh, turn against Israel, turn against Shaul, and, and serve as a kind of traitor and, and, and be a force of... Uh, uh, a force ready to be used uh, with with vast knowledge of of, of B'nai Israel and vast knowledge of the land and of Shaul. So, for obvious reasons, Achish wanted to now use David uh, as a tool. But Achish was mistaken. Despite everything that David had uh, been through, he maintained his fidelity to B'nai Israel and even to Shaul. At first, David was uh, was dwelling in Gat with Achish. Uh, and then he requests a little bit more breathing room, a little bit more of uh, a little more land to spread out his uh, spread his legs a little bit. And so, uh, the king gives him a land called uh, a field, an area, a region called Siklag, uh, which was some distance from the city. And remarkably, David uses this post uh, to fight uh, on behalf of Bnei Israel. Uh, he 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 fights the foes of Bnei Israel that are located in the southwest of, of Eretz Yisrael, and he brings the spoils of these battles to Achish to pay him off and to demonstrate his loyalty, in addition to the fact that he gave them under the guise 
of a, of a, of a basically of a, a fake story, of a cover story. He tells Achish that the spoils are from Israelite cities, so they're from the Bnei Yisrael. And that, of course, makes Achish exceedingly happy. His, uh, his gambit uh, pays off. Turns out David is, is paying dividends as this uh, great uh, warrior against Bnei Yisrael. And, uh, and that's how the parak ends. And that's, uh, that, uh, that miscalculation, him thinking that David is, is working against Bnei Yisrael, when in fact David is using this post, even as he is on the margins of society, driven out, still using the post to benefit Bnei Yisrael, that miscalculation is so rich, so juicy, so exciting to read, full of dramatic irony, and makes the, the parak a, a, a kind of, it gives it a, a, like a, a very positive, a happy sheen. Uh, but there's also a darker side to this parak short as it is. And that is because in order for David uh, to use this cover story, in order for the cover story to work, he needs to destroy the enemy cities that he fights uh, completely, man, woman, and child. And if anyone survived, David was afraid that they would tell Achish uh, that David was not in fact fighting against B'nai Israel, and that he was really uh, undermining Achish's interests in the region. And so David had to have this kind of total, really kind of brutal uh, attack on whatever towns or areas he was uh, uh, fighting from his uh, base camp in Ziklag. And so, um, and so we have to ask, it, how, how do we assess that type of behavior, killing man, woman, and child? That's behavior that we, we don't seem to see. Uh, we, we've actually had a, in our Nach Bi'iyun Shiurim, we've discussed whether that's treatment that is uh, uh, fair and applicable to the other nations other than Amalek, and that's a matter of a, a machlokas, but it does seem like a kind of a, an overreach, something a bit too far, considering it was just to preserve David's cover story. So, you know, how do we, how do we think about that? Interestingly, one of the people that David fights against, the parak tells us, is Amalek, is Amalek. And so you might say, well, in the context of Amalek, that is, that is the command. You're precisely commanded to kill a man, woman, and child. But we also know that David took the spoils. David took the livestock and the cattle that he needed that, in part at least, to pay off Achish. Uh, so we're, we're, we're kind of stuck with the sense that David is acting brutally to preserve this lie, um, and, uh, and, and you can't quite fit it into the Amalek peg because he's taking the spoils. And so it's hard to know how, how firstly, it's hard to, to kind of come up with your own assessment. It's also hard to read the Perek in terms of, you know, what is the Perek's judgment of David's behavior here as well. I'll also add just kind of a, a general uh, note, and that is that there's a, a broad debate and, and reason to, to, to side both ways in a, from a literary perspective, but uh, there's a broad debate whether, uh, how we judge, I'll say, David's character as a kind of political actor, uh, at least thus far in Sefer Shmuel. In general, do we see David as being this pure, almost naively pious person who just wants to do the right thing at every turn? Or do we see David as a cunning political actor? That's not necessarily bad. It just means that he's pursuing... Uh, uh, his own interests in, in a certain way, his own political interests in a certain way. And I'll give one very concrete example, and that is when David refrains from killing Shaul, does he do so really because he says this is the king's anointed and we can't lay our hands on the king's anointed, and that's 100% his rationale? Or perhaps uh, we might say, as the Abarbanel suggests, that David does this, at least in part, out of a recognition that one day 
he is going to be seen by everyone as God's anointed. He already really is God's anointed, but everyone will recognize that he is God's anointed. And he wants to set a precedent that you never kill the king, that you never kill God's anointed. And so in uh, preserving Shaul's life, he's really prophylactically, so to speak, he, he, he's really engaging in, in self-preservation as well in that very same moment. So those are two different ways of thinking about David here. Is he acting in a purely pious way or is there an element of, uh, of political self-interest? Now, this parak doesn't decisively answer that question, but it certainly is an example of David acting in a very politically savvy way. He's appeasing Achish, he's deceiving Achish, He's making the king feel secure and supported when, in fact, David is undermining the king at every turn. And as I said, it doesn't mean that David is also treating Shaul in that way in the previous prakim or in the future prakim, but the Sefer gives us such a three-dimensional portrait of David, and this parak certainly adds a layer and, and shades uh, to the personality, to his persona, and I think it adds perhaps some darker hues. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz, and happy learning.